0: Good morning. This morning's scripture comes from John 15, the first 11 verses. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine giver. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, He prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you, Such branches are gathered, thrown in the fire and burn. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
1: Thank you. the words of Jesus are still hanging closely in the air. I invite you to turn your hearts once again to upward to God in prayer. Let us pray. God of our hearts, Lord, over the past few weeks we've been journeying together, looking deeply at how we encounter you through your Son. We've been sharing in the show me Jesus have we've looked at the the characteristics of Jesus and and how they apply to our lives. Today Lord we ask that by the power of your spirit you would just open us to that encounter more deeply to see you at work to see the vital connection that you desire for us and the work that you call us to that is joy giving that has such hope Inspire that hope and that joy within us today as we go forth from this place out into the world in faithfulness with you. We pray this prayer in the name of your Son, our Savior Jesus. Amen. So um, we're wrapping up Show Me Jesus today. Uh, As Barbara has shared, we're on the right on the edge of moving into the Lenten season and over the past few weeks we've been we've been talking about all these vital characteristics there's so many we just covered a few since the beginning of the year um, that look at Jesus character the 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 nature of Christ and in this coming week as we uh, we enter into that space where we said we're going to Barbara said we're going to begin to study Simon Peter we make a turn and we are going to be looking in the coming weeks about how Jesus shapes our own heart and looking at our own journey of discipleship as we hold that up against Peter and the title of that sermon and that worship series is going to be wandering hearts and we're going to speak to how all of our hearts tend to wonder so we're making the shift i wanted to take just a moment to look at from from where we've come uh, since the beginning of the year so in looking at jesus as you remember the first sunday in january this year we renewed our baptismal vows we revisited those those core five elements commitments of our faith that barbara quoted earlier and we talked about about how our commitment and to Christ and Christ's commitment to us is enduring. That it, it, it knows no time bounds. That it, it doesn't just happen with baptism. It goes throughout life and it goes into life eternal and brings us the promise of life eternal. Barbara took us to the wedding at Cana uh, when Jesus wasn't quite ready to begin his, his ministry, but he was, and Jesus showed us his best, and we talked about how revolutionary that was, that Jesus is revolutionary. We looked at how Jesus cleared and cleansed the temple and talked about his boldness, about how early, as John puts that in his ministry, Jesus' life was at risk as he cleared the temple. Pastor Lauren moved with us to Samaria And Jesus shows us about how he's inclusive. We talked about the inclusive nature of Christ that Jesus goes out of his way to find us and be in relationship with us. Even in places that you wouldn't expect him to be, Jesus shows up. And then last week, when Jesus began this discourse of preparing the disciples and really preparing us for life without his physical presence here, we, speak to, we spoke about the coming of the Holy Spirit, how we're empowered with the same Spirit of Christ through the Holy Spirit, that Jesus is powerful, and in turn, that power is given us. Today, um, as, we, as we wrap up Show Me Jesus, our, our focus word and the point for today as we look at this vine and branch of scripture is that Jesus is alive, okay, Jesus is alive, so sometimes we, we leave Jesus in the tomb or we expect him to be out there somewhere. And today as we we talk and we look at how Jesus was preparing the disciples for his absence, his physical absence on earth, he talks about this vital alive life-giving connection as he gives us this metaphor of the vine and branches. So, if you're if you're churched and you've been around the church for a while, I would say you've probably heard a few sermons on this I am the brine you are the branches this metaphor of vine and branches Jesus says he is the true vine here in John 15. as I revisited this text I thought I want to revisit this afresh I want to look at what Jesus is really saying about pruning and, and being attached in the vine I thought I know an expert in this. I have a friend that owns a vineyard, and so I spent some time with my friend Kenny Smith this week, and I did an interview, just a short one that I want to share with you, uh, that talks a little bit about growing these vines and growing grapes. So let's take a look at this this uh, interview. He is um, an expert at many things. One of the things is this vineyard that is behind him, and I understand uh, we're in a critical season for your crop right now, right Kenny?
2: Yes, ma'am, we are in what we call winter or early spring pruning. Uh, You prune back the grapes uh, to make the plant healthy and make it viable and make sure you get the quality fruit you want and the quality product you want at the end of the season in bottles. So that's why we start with a good prune. And usually we do that in the beginning of February.
1: If you could um, show us, like, that, those are the, the 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 branches to the vine that are right behind you, right?
2: So right now I'm here, and I'm in our four-year-old Norton grapes. Um, last year, those grapes produced three tons per acre. Wow. And um, let me grab my camera here, and I'll show you. So we're coming in on the grape, and we got the main stalk right here. All right. So the first year I grew it up, and I trained it on the lower, uh, what we call the lower cordon, or the fruiting wire. And uh, this is my uh, wildlife and hail netting for protection during um, the growing season. Basically, every grape has a spur. So here's one right here, one, two. So when I prune it, I want to have two quality spurs per um, offshoot, and I'd like to have them, you know, that far apart
1: at all times. So this is like a really precise thing. I see that those, those branches kind of like move out, but they have to keep healthy connection with that central vine, right? It,
2: exactly. You have to have a healthy connection. If this breaks down, your fruit doesn't grow. Just like Jesus Christ, just like the congregation. That's we have a breakdown cool. at the top, everyone else doesn't grow. When I prune them back, it goes a little bit like this. Take out my pruners, and I just come in, and I, I'll take from here. I'll go one, and then I'll go, I'll cut this one, and there's my healthy for next year. And just like everything, it'll come back and grow, but a lot of farming has a lot of faith, just like the church. <laughs> That's so amazing.
1: and, and that- do the right that by
2: like
1: the plan. You cut a lot off. Do you always cut that much off in the pruning?
2: Yeah, so I cut this much off, and the reason I cut this much off, and I'll show you, and you got to get a little violent with these things to get them out. The reason I get this much off is at the end of the year, I come away with about, I don't know, four or five hundred of these, and I clone them and I make more grapes for other vineyards and myself.
1: Yeah, wow, wow. Well, Kenny, we thank you so much for joining us at Flores today. You'll have to come visit us in person sometime. Take care out there in the pruning process and I'll talk to you later.
2: Yes, ma'am, I'll see you soon. All
1: right, bye-bye. So pretty cool, huh? Um, Really getting the visual of the connection The vine, the branches, the pruning process, right? Uh, This is all, as Jesus talks about our connection, we are, he says, I am the vine, God is the vine grower, you are the branches. Jesus says that we are to bear fruit. And he doesn't just say fruit, he says much fruit. He says, I hope you'll be my disciples and you'll bear much fruit, so I, I place this, this words of Christ, this powerful metaphor that I hope is taking a little bit more life in your imagination today before you to, yeah, this, this translation says bears uh, fruit in plenty. Uh, our translation that we read this morning said much fruit. Um, I place this before you to ask this question this morning. You don't need to answer it out loud, but my question is, how are you connected How are you vitally connected to Jesus? Because to be healthy and to be a a disciple maker, to be a a fruit bearer, you have to be in vital connection with Jesus. And the embodiment of Jesus in the present is is the body of Christ, which which is the church. That connection with Jesus, Jesus asking us to bear much fruit. There's an organization, we use them sometimes within the church to kind of gauge things. It's called the Barna Institute. And they do research, we're uh, placing some research. They do research on uh, trends and faith and culture and ministry. And um, I looked, they released a, a data set this week and I wanted to put this before you. It, it may look a little bit busy. The, the question that they asked was, um, if people uh, struggle with being too busy, with engaging the Christian life, with engaging, finding time for Christian community and for discipleship. Because um, we're hearing about the decline of the church, right? And we're hearing about how people are moving away from the church. So is it just that we are too busy? I thought this was fascinating because look at it. You can look at the bar graphs here. They kind of at the top is all Christians. Those people in a discipling community, like a small group, a life group, The other is those leading, those that are discipling others moving down, and those that are open to being discipled. And then the bottom group there are folks that are Christian, but they're not engaged in discipleship. They're not a part of serving, they're not a part of any group or growing, they're admitting that. This is self-reported, statistically significant data. And when you look at this, what I noticed is all those bar graphs are relatively the same. The people that are in a discipling community, the people that are discipling others are open to being discipled, they're they're reporting the very same struggle level as those on the bottom. In fact, those on the bottom say it's a little bit less of a struggle when they agree less strongly that it's a struggle to find space in the pace of a busy life. So I I present this because as we're talking about Lent before us, and as we're talking about growing in our faith and connecting, being in vital connection with Jesus, it takes some intention. It takes some discipline. And what people that are disciplined, who are leaning in, they're saying we're making this a priority, and it's not stressing us too much to do that. Like we're leaning in to do that. We're going to talk about this a little bit more. We can take, take that down for right now. So a basic assumption is we're just too busy, right? Uh, folks that are a part of discipling and in discipling communities, they're saying, no, we're making a choice to do this. And um, I, I thought it was interesting that Jesus says when we are in vital connection, we rounded out that section of scripture. Jesus, again, is preparing the disciples. This is part of his farewell discourse of saying, I'm not going to be here, and this is what you guys need to do. And Jesus ends that, that part of our discourse talking about vital connection, and he says, I've said these things to you. And yeah, it's on the screen. I've said these things to you. Let's read this to together because this is important because Jesus says it. He says, I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Jesus is talking about vital connections in and through him, in and through him. And he's saying, I'm saying this stuff about being connected like a vine is connected with the branches so that my joy can be in you. And, and that your joy can be complete, even better. Now, I think we need to think about that. There's, there's a lot written about how we're a despairing nation. And, and people have all these self-help books. Uh, Oprah has this popular book out there now about happiness that people say is pretty good. And I'm not knocking that. But Jesus says... Be vitally connected to me. You've got to work on these connections because I want my joy to be in you. Not just any joy. Think about the Son of God. Son of God joy in you. And the joy that you long for, the joy in your life, I want it to be complete. I want you to be about this connection. I want this completion of joy to be inside you. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. So I thought, well, let's see what Christians uh, that are in those discipling communities and things are reporting about their relationship. Uh, Barnard put this out. This is, little, this is a little a little bit more than a year old here, but they put this out in like the walk with Jesus, and this one's going to look busy too, but there's three questions that are being answered here across that same uh, kind of group, uh, grouping of Christians, all Christians, those in a discipling community, those that are discipling others, those that are open to being disciple that are in a place of being disciples and then those are just saying I'm not engaged in discipleship. The first question is my relationship with Jesus brings me deep joy and satisfaction joy. Jesus says he wants his joy to be within us and he wants his joy and our joy to be made complete. Well, What I notice about this is the long line there the 65 percent of Christians Those are people that are in a discipling community. They're circled up in the spirit with other disciples and they're saying, my relationship brings me deep joy. Connection. But the other long one there are those that are discipling others. Those that are involved in places where they are discipling and caring and serving others. And then the next longest ones are the ones that are open to be discipled. They're learning, they're seeking, they want to grow. Now, it doesn't say that you, you can't get some satisfaction if you're not doing these things, but just look at how it more than doubles if you're in a discipling community. Doesn't that just amaze you? Next question, my relationship with Jesus impacts the way I live my life. This relationship, this vital connection, vine and branches with the true vine. You see, those that are in a discipling community, again, so much deeper impact. Those that are working um, on discipling others, those that are open to being and you see it drop for those that, um, that are saying, I'm not a part of discipleship at all. I am re-energized when I spend time with Jesus, the last question, and you can see it just kind of mirrors those in a discipling community, in a small group, in in a group of committed other Christians where the Spirit is in their midst, then that just is so much, uh, so much larger. Those that are discipling others, again, mirrors the same. Those that are open to being discipled, this vital connection thing, isn't that fascinating, The vital connection thing is so important. It does give joy. It is reinforcing the word that Jesus speaks right here in John 15. It's lived out when we seek out vital connection. It it gives us purpose, right? It energizes us. It fulfills us. And ultimately, it has the possibility to bring us joy. Joy from Christ, his joy. We saw this recently. There's so many things. It's been great to have Cornerstones up here in our our Cuban mission team this morning. We saw some joy, your joy in in sharing and giving generously. One of the most joyous moments I think we've had on stage in recent weeks is when we had our Access Ministries mission team up here. The mission team that went out in December, and and they stood up here, and, and we heard Lauren say, they didn't, didn't want to be served. They want to serve. And they went out on their first mission team in December and we saw the fruit of that joy in the pictures, in the faces, and they're ready to do their next mission. Engaging in discipleship and discipling others changes things. It gives joy and purpose. I think sometimes we as Christians, we have a problem because we have a complex about this whole discipleship thing, this whole connection with the vine. We want to be connected to Jesus. If you ask Christians that, yes, I want to be vitally connected to Jesus, but then in some kind of complex that we've just perpetuated for years and years, we say, but I can't. I'm just too busy going back to the first question. I just can't do it. It reminds me of uh, every year my, my family, we usually get in watching Charlie Brown's Christmas movie. That's just like a, a, an Anderson Cloud family tradition. And, and here is a scene from the movie. Uh, early in the movie, Charlie Brown is talking to Linus. And you, you may know this, Charlie Brown is pretty down about Christmas. And, and Linus says to Charlie Brown, he says, Charlie Brown, you're the only person that I, would, that I know that would take a wonderful season like Christmas and turn it into a problem. He, d- he says that. We do that, if you think about it, with the gifts that Jesus lays before us. We have all of these comments and, and thoughts about how it's just too much. I, I'm too busy. It's too complicated. It's been too long since I did anything like that. It's, it's too far out of my comfort zone. You can just add your two in there. I'm just too unequipped to be a part of that. I don't know what they do. My goodness, the the complex that we have when we turn away this connection. The flip side of that is that we hear people say, like, I do not know what I would do without my life group. I've been in my life group for the past five years and it's, it's just the place where I get great joy and support and where I feel the most connected with Jesus. Or you hear people like Aldo say, I don't know what I would do if I wasn't going on a mission trip to Cuba. I don't know what I would do if I wasn't going and, and inspiring others and being inspired by them. That The other side of that is people that are engaged in vital discipleship, that are a part of vital discipling communities that are open even just to learn and grow, they're experiencing the joy of Christ. That's a difference. Complex. We can, we can come up and, and just give all those reasons about why we can't. Or why we don't even want to. Some people have said, not many, but some people said, I don't want to do Encounter Jesus. I don't have time for that. I don't want to do these five commitment things this year. And I'm like, you know, that's, that's the basic call of our faith is to, to come in close. So I ask you again, how are you vitally connected to Jesus? The true vine? We've got those those essential ways that we're talking about in our faith, our worship life, our growing, serving, sharing, giving. How are you a part of God's work, Jesus' work? As you're connected to that vine, Christ is transforming the world. There is fruit. But where are you in that process? And what do you need? You know, some, some of you, you know, you might say, I have been in that life group for five years, but, but maybe that is not giving you life. Maybe, maybe you need to try something new. I'm not saying be comfortable where you are. I love the testimonies of people doing things for many years, but it's about bearing much fruit, bearing much fruit, being steeped in the way of Jesus, and that's discipleship in his ways, then that creates other disciples. And that is why we exist as a church, is to transform the world through that, right? So how are you vitally connected? Now, this week gives a great opportunity for this. Barbara gave you a plug up front. This week, we begin the ancient tradition together of Lent. That starts Wednesday, Valentine's Day, Ash Wednesday. I want to challenge you, your congregation that says, Challenge me, Pastor. I want to challenge you to be in worship on Wednesday evening, 7 o'clock. Online, in person, you figure it out. And you figure it out with the love of your life. You may have a hot date planned, right? You figure it out. Because that love, or the loves that you might be gathering to celebrate, group of friends, this is about the love right? The love from which a whole other love flows. It's kneeling our hearts before that love and saying that we are mortal and human and sinful, but God sees so much more in us. When you receive that sign of the cross on your forehead in ash, there's not much more powerful event than that in all of the christmas christian year and i want to invite you to that this year it's a challenge be here restoration is going to join with us we'll be joined with them in worship and i want to see you here this year starting this six-week journey with other christians near and far saying i want a connection to that vine i want to be connected to jesus in a vital way In a way that is growing, in a way that is fruit-bearing, in a way that is inspiring, in a way that lends me joy. And that joy is the joy of Jesus Christ. Not not some made-up thing, not something that we can manipulate in some kind of way. Something that comes straight from that vine, straight from above. And not only that, in the season, being a part of that discipleship curve, right, that long line where there's 68% of people saying, I'm getting joy and energy from this, I want you to join a study. We have a church-wide study. You've heard it on Simon Peter. And we're going to talk about how he, as amazing as he is, his heart wonders. He doesn't always get it right. He's so passionate, but he slips up. And I don't know about you, but that's part of my story. And as we move over the next few weeks in worship, I want you to be studying the life of Peter with us and to do that in a discipleship group. And there's lots of opportunities. The good thing is if you're in the house today, the books are outside. And you can take a look at the list of classes and you can sign up for a class. If you're not in the house, you can do that online. I hope that we sell out. I told, I told the first service, I hope we sell out of books this year. Grab a book, get in a small group. Join Barbara and I on Wednesday evenings and let's travel together and let's seek to be connected shell will tell you that we have cold weather shelter coming up and that she needs help she's got a table out there and there are still things to volunteer and serve for there are opportunities to disciple to share to grow to serve to give in the season and all those things all those things are about vital connection in jesus christ you being and 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 sometimes you know some people will say you know, what are you going to give up The season of Lent? That's a question we, we ask other Christians sometimes. Sometimes it's not about giving something up. It's about taking something on. What are you going to take on? In that pruning process, my friend Kenny said, it's kind of violent when I, you know, snip that, that branch off that gives new life. Maybe there's some things in your life that you just need to let God prune out. And that process is a six-week journey, Easter is March 31st. Open up your life and heart. The power of encountering Jesus and the wisdom of the church is before all of us. All of us. No matter what age you are in this room, I want to invite you to a transformed life. I want to invite you to joy, true joy, Easter morning. Because Jesus is inviting you to that. Don't get into the concept. Don't be Charlie Brown and say, oh, this wonderful gift, it's too hard. That's not it. On the other side of these gifts is joy. Church, we can do this, and I invite you to this journey. I'm going to invite us to be ready now to respond in song. So if you'll stand in body or in spirit, let us sing together.